Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I like the sound of that. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me? Question mark? I am your host, Tom Sutton. Not question mark. Well, here we are. The uh, finale of the Book of Boba Fett. Um, that question mark was there for a reason. I'm a bit not super pumped about this episode, to be honest. Um, a lot of stuff to really uh, like about it, of course. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it didn't, uh, didn't quite land for me, i got to say. Um, let's get to that in just a second. One thing, uh, it was nice to see uh, something confirmed. So, there was a bit of discussion about uh, whether or not the Jedi... The new Jedi Temple that we see them uh, building in Chapter 6 of the Book of Boba Fett. There was a bit of discussion about whether or not that is actually the same location that you see in the flashbacks in Episode 8. Um, it was a bit confusing because, uh, obviously, I mean, there was the obvious difference of, like, in Chapter 6 of the Book of Boba Fett... Um, there's They're building their first... Uh, structure there, and later in episode eight, you you see uh, of uh, you know the film episode eight, uh, you see a lot more uh, huts and stuff. So, but you know this, that's years later, so um, that's uh, not particularly confusing. But uh, a lot less um, foliage, a lot less trees around um, in in the episode eight footage, um, but also it seemed like. In my mind, you know, when I saw the the stuff from Chapter Six from the Book of Boba Fett, I felt like, were these were these big steep hills here before? Now, when you look at the 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 footage from Episode Eight, it is uh, very feasible that a lot of that those trees and stuff got um, cut down to build the, the 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 buildings, and those hills may well be there, but they they are kind of you know in the background. And you're seeing like shots at night, so um, yeah, I was unsure actually. Um, I figured like, why, why make these two separate locations? That doesn't seem to, you know, I don't see what you get out of that. Um, but I couldn't say absolutely for sure, just because they did look pretty different. Um, but now, um, I've, you know, I've seen side-by-side -side photos and you yeah this could be the same place absolutely um but on the starwars.com i think you know they do like some episode breakdowns or whatever for the episodes of the shows and um yeah they state that it is the same place um which is good um i was yeah i was a bit it's just nice to have that confirmed that's what makes sense to me um so good to see that. Um, that's about it, really. Um, uh, let's jump into it. Now, usually, I would not uh, record an episode before seeing uh, the latest episode of whatever we're talking about at least twice. I've only watched this once. So I may... I, th I don't know. The way I feel might change if, after I rewatch it. 
Um, but yeah, I didn't love it. I gotta say, like, I've, and it's funny, like how quickly my kind of feeling of like hmm started. It's just I just felt like. The episode starts and you've just got like uh, Fett and uh, Fennec Shand in the, you know, the remnants of the um, of the sanctuary. And they're just kind of like standing and talking and going over. They're basically explaining the plot of the show we've just been watching for a month and a half. And it's just like, this is not a dynamic way to start an episode. I'm sorry. It's like flat and just like... Like, is this the way you start the episode? Just to have like the main characters basically standing in a room, explaining the plot of the show to you again, just in case you forgot. Like, I didn't really like that. Um, I felt a bit um, like again, you know, the mod squad. They they're not improving. Sorry. I didn't like them in this either. Um, but, you know, I think, like, the main problem for me overall here is still the just total, like, nonsensical nature of the of the overall plot. Like, this is supposed to be, like, I mean, you, you see the wide shots of Mos Espa. That's a big city. That's a big city. And this turf war is being fought by three handfuls of people it's like i'm 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 very good at suspending disbelief i sometimes give belief for you know months off at a time <laughs> you know um but i'm sorry to repeat myself but boba fett quote-unquote taking over a crime family with him fennec shan and two gamorians to start off with and then adding like a handful of people to apparently like run an entire section of the city. Like it was weird. And so when it gets to this point, like, all right, we should go back to, uh, you know, the palace and um, basically dig in there and wait for the attack to come. And then like, uh, you know, Drash or whatever her name is, she's like, no, we've got to stay here. We can't let leave the people, you know, and you're just like, what people? Like, what, was Boba Fett doing something? Like, and you know, and Boba Fett's like, you know, the people need me. And I'm like, to do what? You're crime bosses. Your whole job is to basically like make life unpleasant for other people so you can get rich. That's what crime is. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, and then, like, like you know, the people need me to do what? Like, what have you done up to this point to help them? Like, it seems like if you had just gone, like, all right, nah, I mean, the Pikes can have it, then everything would have been peaceful. No one's, like, lives would have been disrupted, except there would have been spice in the city, which, you know, like, drugs are always going to cause problems. But I, I don't know. We didn't see those problems. They told us there were problems, and we didn't actually get to see that. 
Where's the people like suffering and needing Boba Fett to come and help them? It's the same stuff as was in episode one where, you know, like my people are dying, Senator or whatever. And you're like, what people? I never even seen almost any Naboo people. Like it's hard for me to care about them or even understand what, what this is about. Um, so that was a bit like just the whole setup doesn't function at all for me. So it's like I've been willing to go with it because I felt like, all right, maybe they're going to like build it to where it makes sense but they didn't actually so now that it's done it just feels like uh -huh, okay mm. like the, the you've got the mods looking uh, looking over the like that the aquilish section or whatever and you've got uh Cassantin in the trandoshan section <laughs> nice to send him in the place where he's yeah whatever but um yeah it's just like like the Trandoshan section, uh, quarter. How big an area is that? And you've got one guy standing going like, all right, I'm going to keep an eye on this. <laughs> it's, again, it just doesn't, it's, it doesn't really make sense. So um, I think that's just where everything starts to feel a bit like inconsequential or silly almost, you know. Um, yeah. Now... I kind of, you know, I've been thinking like, I mean, Boba Fett was incredible in um, that episode of The Mandalorian when he comes to get his armor back. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, they got to throw down serious Boba action here. So, yeah, we got a really cool scene with him and Mando just fighting pikes. And it was pretty good, pretty dynamic. Um Really nice thing where yeah he sends the mayor the the mayor's major domo out, um, <laughs> with uh, a message for the pikes that doesn't go the way the major domo expects it to. That was cool. Um, I feel a bit like that i mean that la those last two episodes they didn't do themselves any favor by plonking two juicy fat close to perfect episodes of star wars uh in the middle of this season that were more or less you know on a separate time uh, storyline completely um not completely obviously they are very connected but it really to me made this episode feel even less rocking um but yeah the fact that it was ah that i love love that that the x-wing turns up pelimoto thinks that uh we've got a republic uh ranger coming to <laughs> uh give her trouble for not you know paying this or filling in that or whatever that was cool i love the it's i kind of like the idea of, of r2 Flying baby Grogu back to Tatooine to get picked up. Um, it's kind of cool. But it's also like like you set up that... I mean, that's the cliffhanger ending of the last episode. All right, Grogu, what are you going to choose? And it felt like the way you find out which one he chose was very just like like a throwaway kind of like, yep, he's back and uh, he chose this. Oh, Okay. Oh, all right. I thought that might have been a bit more of a dramatic moment, perhaps. But no, okay. Um, and the... the um, 
Yeah, the way that the the, the man like I mean, Pelly was a killer in this episode again. She's fantastic. Uh, the way that the Mandalorian finds out that Grogu's back, pretty cute. It was good. Quite liked that. Um, but I mean, this is it's a bit unfortunate, but this is a little bit what it feels like. It feels a bit like Favreau had written this thing where you have you know, Baby Yoda and Mando gets him to Luke Skywalker. And I think it feels a bit like he felt like, well, we'll see him again. But for the for the time being, that's the end of that storyline for the Mando. Um, and it feels a little bit like Disney or Lucasfilm or the executives or whatever went, guess what, dude, we're not leaving baby yoda out of this at all that is like that's the like the biggest one of the it's one of the biggest hit things we've come up with, we've come up with you've come up with it's one of the biggest hit things we've had in years um you gotta have baby yoda back with uh with din jaren once mandalorian season three kicks off so it almost feels like they just went like well how do we reverse this thing with Luke and okay, we can like slide it into this book of Boba Fett series. And, um, that's what it feels like. I'm not saying that's absolutely what happened. Um, and I, I don't want to complain cause those two episodes were like absolute, like top, possibly the, you know, the best episodes of Star Wars TV ever to me. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't want to complain too much, but it it kind of feels like they are backtracking on the decision, you know, to leave Grogu with Luke for a while. Um, so, yeah, let's see. Um, so all the shootouts were all right. Um, Cad Bane, let's talk about Cad Bane. Cad Bane was incredible. I have to say, like... I had issues with the his the the facial structure, um, and some clever person, you know, did a CG uh, version where it matches more closely to uh, the animated Cad Bane and also the duros that we see in the cantina in Episode Four. Um, and I kind of I really was like, why didn't they just make it look like the way he looks in the cartoon? You know, um, I, I think that skinny head. Is part of the character that low set mouth that creates more of a like a kind of cranky, grizzled gunfighter vibe. Whereas the mouth being up with a, like a stronger looking chin, that's a more aggressive look. And I don't think like I don't think of Cad Bane as aggressive. I think of him as as wily and uh, dangerous in that way. Uh, uh, but. Um, I gotta say, in this episode, his his look. I guess I just have had a week to live with it or something. I really, it didn't bother me at all. Um, really liked it, and he was awesome in this episode. I could just, I could watch an hour of just Cad Bane talking and walking slowly and menacingly. <laughs> it's so good. So, um, what do I think about the end? I I thought. Again, like Boba Fett came across, like it didn't 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 feel like there was tons of meat on him in a way, um, on the character, on the on the characterization. 
um, in that in that scene, it's like Cad Bane steals the show, and um, yeah, it was super cool. But uh, yeah, it, then seeing you know Boba rise up and take care of business with the gaffy stick again, I just feel like that whole side thing of him growing up with the Tuscans. I just think that. That should have been the through line through the whole series is his connection to them and his um, the loss that he experiences. Like he just seems to brush that off. So like, oh, my whole family got massacred. Not happy about it, but life goes on. Um, I just think I would have really liked to have seen, you know, some quiet moments where you just see him really you know kind of processing that loss and seething with a you know like a hunger for for uh for payback and really like if they could have put you know this pike leader in a much more of a villain central villain role or put cad bane in from the start i mean that cad bane's interest entrance was so just sick man like in uh last week's episode i don't want to give that up but I mean, what if you'd had you had the Pikes and you set up that leader, you get him a bit more involved in things rather than just having him like in a couple of scenes sitting in that room, but really build that as a as a villain, almost like a kingpin in the in the Marvel TV shows and stuff, um, and then you have Cad Bane there from the start and have it be you know like Cad Bane who was the one who kind of led that attack on Boba's tribe so that you have this like final like just that like righteous anger at the end. Now obviously like he and Boba have this long history so uh, yeah it's it's kind of cool anyway but it just felt a bit like like the guy who faked you know that the nikto speed riders whatever they're called um killed boba's tribe like in the end it was just fennec shand who killed him and it's just like i just I, it felt like the whole the whole thing needed about like two more drafts to really pull the threads together in a really satisfying way um was it cool uh yeah but look okay so cad bane died now, obviously, there have been other deaths in Star Wars that have been reversed when it suited the story or the right the person writing it. Um, I I think he is dead though. I th it would be weird to um, have him survive that. I reckon. Um, so I don't know. Considering the you know the history of that character in the animated series, I guess it's fine for him to go out at this point. He's not a young man. He's seventy something by the counting of the nerds. Um, but uh, he lit up every scene he was in in these last two episodes. So I kind of feel like, man, he was like one of the best things about the show. I would have liked to have kept him around. Maybe. Really, um, then you can sp spin out Boba's story a bit longer and have this ongoing, like, kind of uh, face-off going on between the two of them. Could have been cool. But anyway. Um, 
seeing Boba and Mando just working as a team against the Pikes was really cool. Some really good moves. I mean, some of the moves are so like, I mean, if you've seen El Mariachi or Desperado, you know, Robert Rodriguez's films, you really go, wow, that's a, that was an El, Maria, El Mariachi move, you know, or whatever. And there was some good stuff. And I think when, on rewatch, I'm going to really like soak that in and enjoy it. Um, the Rancor, you know, I, I, it's hilarious. You know, everyone's been going, you know, we're going to see Ryder Rancor next episode. And I had actually like, I wasn't even thinking of that until that Rancor claw showed up above those buildings and I was like, oh man, here it is, He's here it is. You know, it didn't even occur to me when he flew off to like, I'm going to get some friends or whatever, or a friend. Um, it didn't occur to me that that was going to be the Rancor. So it was kind of nice that um, I wasn't <laughs> quick enough to um, guess that that was what was coming. It was cool. But again, it was like, I think all of us pictured in our heads and almost like right of the Rohirrim level, like epic entrance from Boba on the on the on the, on the Rancor, that it would be a quite emotional moment where it's like you know all is lost and then here he comes. Um, and it didn't really feel like that. It felt a bit more like, yep, oh, here's some more ca- carnage and you know destruction, I guess. Um, but the Rancor was cool. I mean, visual effects wise, it didn't look shaky or anything. You know, like. Anytime they pull off something that looks this good, that is this special effects heavy on on the TV budget they have, you got to stand up, give them a round of applause. Well done. Um, yeah, it was cool. Uh, those two droids, the Scorpion droids, not for me. Sorry. Um, they look like prequel designs, and that's not my aesthetic. Um, yeah, it was all right. Um, the people of Freetown, I thought they looked cool and like kind of gritty and grotty when they arrived on that skiff, which is like, I mean, that's that speeder they come in on, come in on. Is that the same kind of speeder that is in Luke's um, homestead? I believe it is. Uh, or, it, but it's, I mean, that's a design from that from that first movie, though, for sure. Um, but uh, then when you get closer up to them, they they still look a bit. Um, They, that, they don't really come across as uh, people who spend their lives scrounging in the dirt for, for survival. Um, but it was all right. Um, oh, there was this one shot where, like, uh, I can't remember, the guy with the um, mechanical eye from the mod squad, he does this shot where he does this, like, spin move to, like, and I'm just like, like if you're gonna do totally illogical stuff in fights just because it looks cool you gotta really sell it it really has to wow the person watching it to stop them going (laughs) why is he doing that ah didn't like that i think i physically rolled my eyes when that happened um but uh yeah anything else um, I loved watching Luke's X-Wing arrive at Mos Eisley. That was nice. Um, <laughs> Pelly losing a tooth. That was hilarious. Loved that. Um, 
uh, yeah, I assumed that Cobb Vanth survived that uh, that gunshot, and he absolutely did. Um, the scene where Fennec Shan takes out the leadership like that, um, yeah, it was very cool. Um, but again, you know, when her and Boba are walking the streets, and I was like, thanks, Boba, you know, but I'm like, I don't, like, his little war with these other crime lords just, like, really caused a lot of damage. I don't really understand why they're thankful to him. Like, are things better now, really? Like, it's, like you need to see their struggles or their suffering and really be clear about what Bob is going to do to make all that better for that to work. So it just felt like that just didn't sit right, you know. And I have to say this, I guess, season finale version of the theme at the end where they're actually going like, Fett, Boba Fett. I I actually thought it was like a parody almost. I thought that was terrible. Sorry. Uh, I like uh, cringy. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, just nope. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know me. I want to like everything. I want to love everything Star Wars. Um, and I think I'm going to rewatch it and probably that I'm going to, because the pattern for me generally with when I see new Star Wars is um, I usually have an awesome time, but if there's anything I don't like, it really has the biggest impact on me in that first viewing. Um, and then after that, I tend to just like, well, I know it's there, so it's cool. Um, so let's see what happens when I rewatch it. Maybe I will feel a bit more positive about it. I mean, the good news is, this this featured like like the best Star Wars TV we've had yet. I mean, I think like there are other episodes of The Mandalorian that are sit sit up there with these two. Like um, uh, the one with yeah, I've said it before, Ahsoka's episode, and um, yeah, a couple of others like that. Um, but these are. Absolutely, these two are definitely up there. And not only were they great episodes, um, but for me, it just gave me uh, hope for the future. Feeling that um, as they're learning to make the most out of, you know, what you can do with TV, uh, TV budget and TV scale, it just made me think, wow, what's Kenobi going to be like? What if Kenobi is like episode after episode of stuff like this? Or like what's what's Andor going to be like? What's the Acolyte going to be like? What's the Ahsoka series going to be like? Um, because uh, we've seen what they can do and uh, it's killer. So, um, yeah. So let's see. Um, I'm going to rewatch it. Maybe I will come out of it a bit more positive. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think Robert Rodriguez's episodes were clearly the weakest. So I'm sorry, Mr. Rodriguez. I don't think you should do any more Star Wars. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's it for that. So, uh, 
Now, I think it is time for a spot of What's That Sound? All right, sound one oh, <laughs> I thought they smelled bad <laughs> on the outside. I think we know who that is. All right, let's try another one. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what? <laughs> that was uh, that was a that was big. I mean, I I have no idea. Uh, uh, Some kind of creature. That was amazing. Ah, oh, you know what it was? It was Bosk. <laughs> Bosk. Man, just hats off to whoever uh, came up with that sound. Well done. Okay, let's try another one. It sounds familiar. Hang on. Try again. Mm, I don't know. Let's see. Ah, what? Seriously? Huh. That was uh, the Emperor's Force Lightning. Hmm. All right. Let's do just one more. Let's see what we get here. Looks like a few Tuscan Raiders are camped out on the Canyon Dune Turn. <laughs> Well, uh, no, uh, no prizes for guessing that one, but kind of nice to be remembered of those uh, Tuscans just taking pot shots at pod races as they fly by just to be a pain in the ass. <laughs> nice. All right, let's do What's That Song? All right, let's see what it is. Hmm. Is this maybe the birth of Luke and Leia from episode three? Let me check. Yep, the track is called Birth of the Twins and Padme's Destiny. Wow, all right. I think this is fantastic, beautiful. Like, I've said it before, like the episode three soundtrack is the one, it's the one I listen to most outside of the movies, you know. I just think it's incredible. So, yeah, nice. Okay, let's go to the next. Hmm. Hmm. That almost like, almost like woodblock sound makes me think of episode four. But mm, I'm gonna have to give up. Oh wow! Well, okay. It was the Tuscan camp and the homestead from Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. So I was on the right planet. Totally wrong movie, though. <laughs> All right, let's do another.
Oof, this is a classic. Dude, okay, episode three. Anakin in the Jedi Temple. Padme in her Senate dwelling, whatever that is, apartment. Staring out across the uh, across the city towards each other. Anakin on the verge of really making the wrong decision. Yeah. Okay, it's, the track is called Padme's Ruminations. I mean, this is... Like, definitely, I think, one of the best scenes in Episode 3. Um, and musically, 10 out of 10. I think it, it's nice, because when you think of John Williams, you think of the big, you know, uh, brassy stuff and the, the, the orchestration and everything. But he can do this very stripped-back, quite modern-sounding stuff as well. I think it's really impressive. All right, great. Now, let's finish up with a spot of The Last Jedi. All right, we got some juicy business here coming from The Last Jedi. So we finished off with um, Finn and Rose escaping with the help of DJ on that stolen ship. And now we are back on Arcto. Great shot of Luke stepping into the moonlight. Guess what? He's ready to rejoin the fight in a way. He's ready to connect again with the Force. We see the wind blowing his hair, closes his eyes. He's going to reach out. Wow, I love this little ripple effect on the water that you see when, as he's connecting and doing that. You see Leia in this uh, med bay. She whispers Luke. Luke, his eyes open. His sister's in real trouble. And you can feel it. Now, here we go. The next force connection between Ray and Kylo. Now, I gotta say, this was a quite bizarre choice. I don't know. Like, Kylo just half naked. I I wonder if it was because... I mean, what... Okay, I'm gonna pause it because there's a lot of stuff here. I'm interested in this decision, in this choice, because it... Was it just like... Did Ryan Johnson want to build towards Ray and Kylo being attracted to each other and having feelings for each other. And this is part of like, Ray's going to like him if she sees how attractive he is. Um, or was it a, almost a case of like, well, you often put like half-naked girls in movies for no apparent reason. Why can't we put a half-naked dude in a movie? Um, who knows? Um, the line is, can't you put a cowl on or something? Quite funny. Um it was quite weird because he's got these like these kind of hairy high pants where it uh, you know and I I can't, I can't remember who explained it but they were like well Star Wars is supposed to be this almost like 1930s adventure feeling and like people back then their pants were very high and it's that kind of look 
Um, but what it does is it like really like when you when you don't give yourself any kind of like hips or whatever, then you, yeah. I mean, Adam Driver's a wide dude in the chest area, and so <laughs> didn't people start calling him what like Swallow Ren or something? I don't know. But it was, it's kind of a, it does like tonally, it does stick out as a bit of a weird moment. All right. Now, actually, I'm going to just back it up a bit because uh, I want to concentrate on the dialogue a bit. Oh, he's, he's... Do you have something, a cowl or something you could put on? <laughs> Why did you hate Yeah, she's okay. She's asking like, why did you hate your own father? What you know? And yeah, I mean, Daisy kicking ass in this scene. She's such a good actress. Like, yeah. So she's he's basically trying to tell her like, why do you even care about all this? Like. Forget all your connections to all these people that you that you want to ha have care about you, but don't. You got to be your own thing, your own. Okay, now we get to see. Okay, Kylo is showing his version of events at the Jedi Temple with Luke. You see Luke looking demonic with that the saber. Ben brings up the saber to protect himself and brings the hut down on Luke. I mean, it's such a cool, like a, a great device. This kind of like multiple flashbacks, whose um, whose point of view is it's correct. But yeah, this let the past die, kill it if you have to. It's the only way to become who you were meant to be. I mean, that's a line that has been. Um, interpreted in a lot of different ways like some people are like well that's what you know the filmmakers are saying like let the past die as in like the the last jedi was a step into a new new directions for star wars so that you know like the, the filmmakers are saying like let the old star wars die bro or whatever um but then a lot of people are saying yeah, but the villain of the movie is saying that. If the villain of the movie is saying let the past die, then perhaps the idea is that that's not in fact a good idea. But it's it's hard to say. I mean, I, I don't think it's black or white there. I think he has has a point in lots of ways. Mm, but great great performance by both of them. Um, let's uh, let's roll on actually. So we go into this scene. Where Ray brings herself to this, um, is there a word for it? The cave? I mean, the, Luke's experience on Dagobah, you always talk about the cave, because that's what Yoda calls it. What do we call this? The grotto? I don't know. I could, I mean, this is classic Star Wars nerd <laughs> behavior. So she falls into the water. And kind of like struggles to the surface and then pulls herself out. And then like people are like, oh my God, it's so wrong. Like she comes from a desert planet. How does she even know how to swim? And just like, dude. Oh, 
relax. All right. Interesting thing about this mirror sequence is even now, years later, I'm not entirely sure what is being communicated. Here's my, my guess, my take on it. Ray approaches this mirror surface. She wants to. She's looking at herself, looking at who she is, hoping to find out who she is in a way by seeing who her parents are. She asks the surface, "Who are, who are my parents?" But what she sees is this line of rays stretching into infinity. Okay, I'm going to pause it there for a second. Um, but you see this, yeah, this um, line of of rays. Is that supposed to represent the fact that there are infinite possibilities for her? And it's up to her to choose which way to go. Is that what it's supposed to mean? She said, I should have felt trapped or panicked, but I didn't. Okay. She said, ah, oh, the balling up of the fist this was an amazing moment in the cinema I have to say because like easy to forget now but fandom had been talking incessantly between episodes 7 and 8 about who are raised parents who are raised parents who are raised parents and here we see she's at the this mirror surface you see the two silhouettes coming towards you're gonna oh my god we're gonna find out we're gonna find out we're gonna find out they morph they merge into one single shadowy figure. The hand comes up. It's Ray. Ray herself. Ray. Let's pause it there. So, what's the point there? The point is your, your parents and all that, it's. It's not the answer that you think it's going to be. Not meaning like you're expecting one answer and getting another. Um, it means that even if you found out, this would not suddenly lend your existence any kind of like great depth or meaning. Um, you are the depth and meaning. You have to look for it within yourself. So that's my reading of this scene. But um, mm, it's great. And this sequence here, man. I mean, this thing. I never felt so alone. And Kyla says, you're not alone. Neither are you. I mean, this is believable to me. You know, where you see them come, going from like adversaries to having an understanding of each other. But also, if you factor in this dyad thing, I think they must... They must both be experiencing something special with each other. You know, they must feel something special when they're connected. And you see, it's Ray who makes the first move here to hold her hand out to Kylo. And the lighting here with the, the firelight, it's so amazing. And they have like the cold light of uh, Kylo's Star Destroyer. That's amazing. And then this, i got to turn it up. Let's, let's see if you... If it's loud enough to get picked up on the mic. But this sound as their fingers touch. It sounds like distant thunder. It's so cool. And you just see them like they're 
both experiencing something pretty... Pretty... Big. Luke rushes in thinking he's going to tell Ray, you were right. Leia needs my help. Let's actually go. But he's, what he sees is what he's been terrified of all along. It's Ray and Kylo actually just sitting and talking. That shot of the, the, the hut being blown to pieces was actually done with practical effects. Not all of it, obviously. It was then um, expanded upon with CG. But that's incredible. When you see the behind-the-scenes stuff there, check this out. Ray having a crack at Luke. She's had enough. Furious. She's going like, I'm going to whack you with my stick. Luke's defending himself with just a an antenna he snapped off somewhere. Luke disarms her. Not very difficult. But she grabs that saber and it's daint. The fight's over. She's got the lightsaber. But look at this position that they're in. She's She is. She's angry. And he's looking very defeated. Yeah, now we get to the real version of what happened. <sighs> this is good stuff. I mean, this, I mean, <laughs> this moment, to this day, people, is being argued about. I, at this very moment, there are people online arguing about this, this moment. Would Luke have... Ignited his labor, his labor. <laughs> would Luke have ignited his saber, be feeling for a second that he would possibly kill this child that was in his car, in his care? Sorry. I mean, it's hard to watch in a way because, you know, like Luke's my guy and I just, I want him to. You know, I wanted him to kind of ride off into the sunset and be happy. Um, so it was, it was hard to see this, but, but this is great. This is great drama. <laughs> this line here, this is not going to go the way you think. Wow, that should be the tagline for this whole movie. But it's great. It's just so nice that like... Ray's so sure of this vision, you know, of this feeling that she gets from Kylo that he's he's gonna turn his back on the First Order, become the good guy. Luke says, don't, nah, don't even try. And she goes, all right, here's your lightsaber. Come and fix this then. Because if you're not gonna come and help us, I can't do it alone. I, I have to have Ben Solo, I have to have Kylo Ren, I have to have, have, to have Ben Solo back. And you see Luke here watching the Millennium Falcon depart Akto. And you get a beautiful shot of Akto as the sun is... Uh, I guess this is the sun's... Okay, I'm, I'm going to pause it there because that's been a tasty chunk. And the next chunk is also pretty bloody tasty. All right. Um, yep. Let's say uh, as a wrap-up on the book of Boba Fett, I thought the series was good. Um, those... You know, a lot of fun in the first four episodes. A lot of great stuff. Um, looking forward to rewatching, watching everything. Um, two just mind-bendingly good episodes towards the end. 
not a super satisfying conclusion for me, but, you know, it's not like significantly worse than episode three, for example. So it's it's fine. It's all right. I'm going to rewatch it. Let's see how it goes. But um, again, like just watching these scenes from The Last Jedi, I'm just like, man, this has really some of the best Star Wars ever in it. Um, it's fantastic. All right. Thank you for listening. It's really nice. Um, I sometimes just for like it's I do it, you know, because I want to do it. I sometimes forget that people actually are listening to this. So thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it. Um, let's see what happens. What uh, are we going to get some news about what's coming next now that the Book of Boba Fett is over? That would be exciting. All right. Thank you again. My name is Tom Sutton, and this is Star Wars Fun for Everyone, especially me!